Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to the Speaking from Our Hearts podcast episode. Today, I'm joined by a lady from the UK by the name of Debbie McLeod. Debbie, a very, very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Paul. And I believe your message and part of your story today, Debbie, is to talk to us around the unspoken bond of animals. Yes, that's right. Yes, that just that communication that we have with an animal that is just unspoken. Okay. So... There are no words to describe that relationship. So there are no words to describe that relationship. Um, yeah. So what is that power then, Debbie? What is that energy that exists that you know between um, between mm. the animal, the pet? Um, what is that dynamic? Yeah. What is that dynamic? Well, it, Paul, it's unconditional love. We just have this connection with an animal where we just bond and we bond through that unconditional love. This is um, um, our family member, our confidant, our um, counsellor, um, our mentor, our best friend that's been with us through thick and thin, who just gets us. Mm. It doesn't matter kind of what we wear or how we look, because to an animal that doesn't matter. Mm animals live in the moment so it's more about that spontaneity and that relationship that you have with them that look or just the presence of of both of you that this is somebody who totally gets you that doesn't need an explanation doesn't judge you um just accepts you exactly as you are i love that word you use there debbie presence that's a very very powerful word very powerful yeah. word how do we, I'm playing a little bit of devils, I'm teasing a little bit here, if I may. <laughs> How do we know that there is that connection? Because we know what we feel as an adult, but how do we know what the, um, and I really struggle to use this word because it sounds so patronising towards these beautiful souls, these animals, these pets. How do, how do we know that, Debbie? I think we feel that in our energy. We feel it in our hearts. It can be by the look of an animal, the touch of an animal, the, um, I certainly know with my, um, my Miss Molly, who, my little cockapoo, that she has that twinkle in her eye and she can be mischievous and not do anything that I ask her to do. She'll just decide, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to go off and run in the woods and the forests. But that look um, exists within her and also as well when we're not feeling well our animals know that mm. I only found yesterday funnily enough when I was um, um, giving a farewell um, message uh, I was sat on a chair and Molly came over to me and put her paw on the chair on my leg and wanted to sit up on my lap and when I said bye to the group she actually <laughs> raised her paw wow <laughs> 
<laughs> wow, super. I know. So she knew I needed that reassurance. Yeah. So there was no no message there. There was no, come on, Molly, sit on my lap. There was nothing like that. It was just we were in tune with each other. So obviously your um, your connection, Debbie, is, you know, um, is with Molly and we'll come to you, you, you know, your daughter's um, dog, Inca, mm. that uh, I believe is no longer with us in, in a physical That's form. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. we'll come to that one in a moment. But so obviously you're talking uh, around the connection here with Molly and maybe, you know, there might have been previous Mollies. Um, but is there any is there any difference if we can be allowed to sort of open this up into the generic term animal, whether it's a dog, a cat, a hamster, or, you know, what is that dynamic of energy, Debbie, from your own perspective? Well, I think, again, I find that um, the people that I interviewed and the people that I've worked with, the dynamic within that, again, is that unconditional love. And I, I think if you kind of ask somebody, what is that? I think it's beyond that rational explanation. Mm. I think the heart knows it, but the mind just can't understand it because it's beyond that, that reason. And so those of us who've had that love and that loss of an animal companion, kind of there is no there is no explanation. We just know it to be truth and we can't verify that. And we don't need anybody to verify that bond. You can see it. I'm just thinking when um, if you had a bird or a mouse um, and you were holding that animal in your hand, you're resonating with that animal your energy is resonating with them no matter how big or small i remember once um when i was leaving my old house um and i was writing the book at the time there was a little bird a tiny little bird that had fallen from the nest and it was in my outhouse and i went outside and i gave it some water and i, I made it a little soft bed but and i kept going out to check it and when i went out to check it each time it was deteriorating. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking to myself, this, this little bird is coming to the end of his life. What can I do to, to, to know? So that little bird would know that he was loved and cared for. And I remember picking him up and putting him in my hand. And I walked down to the garden and I was talking to that little bird about the view and how wonderful it was of a view and that it was okay to leave this life now. And so the little bird did pass away and then I buried it in the garden. But it was just that connection and again, that experience that I'd had of being with an animal at the end of their life. Mm. I really resonate with what you said and thanks for sharing that. That was very powerful what you said there, Debbie, and I really Two words mm -hmm. you said resonate massively beyond rationalization. And yeah. for me, that's that's a great and very simple way of saying, let's get out of our head more and, and get into our yeah. hearts because that's where the real yeah. power of life and energy is, isn't it? Yeah, and that's where with our animals, we do then connect on that soul level because for me, they are our soul companions and they know, they know when we need something. Because we know, we know when an animal needs something because they're very simple in their ways. They're hungry, 
they want to be taken for a walk, they need to go out to the garden, they want to play. They're very much in the moment, in the presence. And if we can tap into that energy, we can get so much joy from that. And that means then that we are living from that heart and living from the moment. And I'm not saying that animals don't need boundaries because they do, but there's that gentle um, switching between the, you know, and setting boundaries with the love. You can do that. And, and also as well, animals, as I say, can teach us a lot. They can teach us to be strong, but gentle. So we can have a gentle strength within that rather than a commanding, direct voice. Stereotypically, Debbie, we're led to believe that cats are independent and they're yeah. aloof and they don't need us and all that kind of thing. Um, what's your, what's your, how would you respond to that? You know, the difference between... Um, and, I, and I, yeah, again, I play a little bit of devil's advocate here and, and create stereotypes, which, of course, we shouldn't do. And but, the, you know, dogs generally tend to be very kind of, you know, aligned with their owners and cats. So long as you feed them, unquote, well, they're anybody's. <laughs> How would you respond yeah. to that? Well, I think every animal and every person is unique and different and we have a different kind of relationship. It makes, so for instance, we have house cats. What makes a house cat? So again, that's beyond, for me, that's, that's a relationship, that, a personal relationship that you have with an animal. That is stereotypical, and I'm sure it, it very well may be for some people. But I think if, you're, if animals need space, so if you're, if you're a cat and the, the philosophy around a cat is that the cat needs to be on their own, they need to be independent, they need to be this and they need to be that, then that's on the logical, rational side of life. And it may be what they, that they have been. And that's what we've been taught, that this is how animals are. But I certainly know with my Molly when she needs her space. And yet I'll know with other animals actually you know another dog doesn't need their space they need to be on you know on your lap all the time i also think as well that an animal reflects where you are in life so i know with molly she's come into my life uh, three years now and within that she's come into my life when my life was changing so much going sold my home lots and lots of different changes and she's brought into my life a lot more out of me so a lot more gentleness out of me a lot more compassion out of me and that is towards her because i've i've seen it when i first had her and i i might have been harsh and said no i've seen that bottom lip quiver and i'm like whoa debbie that is not a relationship that is not a bond you're creating something that there's no need to create there and so Molly reflects, or I reflect, however you look at it, those, those qualities of where I am now in my life, and, the, and she's bringing out more of those all the time. So I think also as well, that's what I mean when I say that animals come into our lives when we need something. And I think they potentially react to that. I just don't think that everything is as black and white as... as things are made out to be. 
it's it, you know it's a relationship having an animal being with an animal having an animal in your life however big or small technically it's a relationship you are creating a bond and you want that unconditional bond you know it's a given it isn't something that's demanded it's a given with an animal best friends forever um came about after my daughter lost her um beloved doberman inca um and having been a medium a consciously medium for a while i realized when i was speaking to my daughter that i had that beautiful animal presence almost i can just describe it as though somebody had put their arms around you that was so full of love and i just knew that anything i said would um I would just let it be said and I knew that I was coming from that space of being connected to Inca to my daughter and after I um, we'd had a conversation and she said she felt so much better I kind of reflected and thought what's just happened there and um, from there came loads and loads of synchronicities and at the first I was just going to do a little leaflet to hand out to vets and say please give this to people who've lost an animal um, and um, so I put it out, um, what was I going to do? How, how was I going to do this little leaflet? And I then found that the Poetry Commission were looking for people to bid for money for poetry. And I thought, well, maybe, maybe I could do some poems about um, loss and relationships. And um, I put in a little bid. Anyway, it didn't, they said no. So I thought, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. So I put it out on Facebook and I asked for people, how, you know, could you, would you be interviewed? You've lost an animal. Um, I'll take you into a healing space. We'll bring closure to that relationship so that you can be more open in your heart to the, um, to that relationship that still exists, if not physically, um, the essence is still there. Um, and the love is still there because it lives in your heart. So, um, and we could make a poem about their personalities and what have you. And so we did that. So I interviewed people, we put poems together. And then I thought that was kind of like what was going to happen. And then it was just like, no, I've got to do my bit now. Um, and then I was on a course in Scotland and I was talking to somebody about it. And um, a lady stood behind me and said, I'm really interested in your um, book. Um, what you're writing, I'm a vet, an Eastern Western medicine vet. And I just looked at him and I thought, this is the person. I've been asking for ages to find somebody that, you know, would be it, suitable to write the forward. Anyway, I was graced and she did it. Um, and, um, and then hence the book was born um, from there. And it was such a beautiful process. It was a privilege to hear people's relationships with their animals. It was a privilege to write poems about their relationship and to pull all that together and to put it into a heartfelt book that, that, that's saying it's, you know, grief and loss are so normal, but they're so individual. And it is, you know, this is life. Life is, we live, we physically die, but our hearts, our memories, our essences of animals and humans lives in our heart because the minute that you think about that person then that memory comes up and that could be a good memory or not a good memory but they live there that's where they live and i suppose on a more scientific 
perspective, Debbie, that, you know, when we look at whatever form we take on this within the universe, we are energy, all of us, each and every one, everything is energy. And obviously, by definition, a universal law is energy cannot be destroyed. It can't. Uh, it can take a different form, obviously, basic laws of, of what we know as physics. But uh, I often kind of wonder, because um, I want to be allowed to share, if I can, Debbie, my own yeah. take upon, um, you know, and you can see I struggle with the the labels and the words animals, um, because yeah. for me, and I might be a bit sort of too close to this, but it there's almost a kind of derogatory connotation. I know that's all about, well, what's in a word? What one word means to you, Paul, doesn't necessarily mean that to another person. But, you know, throughout the course of these pod podcast episodes, I've spoken to quite a few, inverted commas, animal lovers. And we all seem to agree, Debbie, that, you know, but we can't come up with an alternative term or word. I know, I know. I mean, what does fit with me is soul companions, that we are guardians. We are, you know, we, we take on that guardianship of um, our animal companion. And so therefore, if we're working from the heart, we would want the very best for, for our beloved because they are our beloved. And if we honour that relationship in all aspects of it, if we honour it, they are our beloved and our beloved lives forever like you say like we do you know we are that energy and i do believe that animals come into our lives for a reason season or a lifetime like humans and i what i've often found as well is when an animal comes into your life there's normally a, a change that is occurring or has occurred and when they leave that leave your life that process is complete so you will be in a completely different state to the state or the essence that you were when that animal came in. And that animal, that pet, that beloved, that soul companion has supported you during that transformation. Yeah, I, on a personal level, Debbie, I hear you very loud and clear on that. Wholeheartedly agree with that, uh, which is an interesting one. Um, I mean, my, my late mother, she was... You know, I use this tape, this label again, and a massive, massive animal lover. And, you know, because of her experiences, particularly at the hands of my father, who was a, a drunken wife beater, and then the guy that she married after that, my stepfather, who was uh, just let's to say to call him a drunken wife beater would have actually been a step up. It would have been a, uh, he was. Yeah, I don't use this word lightly and I'm not going to get hooked into this story or this energy, but he was pure evil and is pure evil. And that was, you know, kind of that made my mother a certain way. And but the upshot of this, what I'm, the point I'm trying to 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 make out of this, Debbie, is this the statement she made regularly. And, and I quote verbatim, it's etched in my memory. Um, I hate people but I love animals with all my heart. And she said that with passion and conviction because the hands of human, you know, the so-called superior human intellect, mind, love, call it what you will, had treated her immensely badly throughout her life. And I'm not just talking about those two guys either. There were other incidents that, you know, over yeah. the course of her life left her very, 
disillusioned is probably the best way to describe it but she found that solace and that what you call that soul companionship debbie in in particularly dogs um particularly dogs um so i kind of just share that to give some power and it's interesting like you say as well when you know when when these beautiful souls um come into our world you, you know Often, not always, but often at a time when we're particularly vulnerable, as you, I think you coined the phrase "reason seasonal forever." Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what was that your case, Debbie? Did you know have you know without sort of going too deep or kind of wishing to take you down an avenue you may or may not wish to go? Um, was there a period in your life where you know that connection with um, the the beautiful souls? Uh, was made more apparent because of your own sort of vulnerability, if we can just use that general term. Yeah. I think when I was um, a child, my grandma and granddad used to have a dog and we weren't allowed, we weren't allowed animals. Well, I say dogs, but we were allowed rabbits. So I've always had this affinity with animals. And I spent a lot of time at my grandma and granddad's and developed that relationship um, with her um, stray dog at the time. Um, and then when my girls were small, um, we had two dogs. So in essence, it felt like four children. So I think at that time, I didn't appreciate that because I was busy working. I had two girls, two dogs that needed walking and everything became um, a lot. I became overwhelmed with it. So I kind of in my own way vowed that when I, the next time I'd have an animal, and next time, and it would be a dog, would be when I could dedicate more time, more time to being um, with the animal. And so I say, Molly is three years old, and I decided, um, as I say, to sell my house. And the reason I sold my house was because it was, um, we had communal land, and I knew that the dog would just keep getting out, and it wasn't the right place for her. And having gone through, um, within that time, losing my mom. Um, a divorce, um, I changed houses, I had lots and lots of things going on. And after that, Molly came into my, into my life. So I know, as I say, that the path that I'm on now is to bring out that gentler side in me, to express that more, to be that, uh, I suppose, advocate for animals that obviously cannot speak, well, they can, but not to the human um, a human understanding, I suppose, to some people. They speak through that unconditional love in and, and many, many ways. And sometimes it's the first time. So from my experience, sorry, um, Molly is here with me now um, as I'm starting this, this new life um, three years ago. And to be honest, she has helped me settle into Somerset now um, with just the two of us. And... She's the reason that I jump in the car and we go off to the woods or to the seaside because I'm going for a reason, if you like. Apart from my, myself, taking myself there and enjoying it, I have her company as well and we have um, such a laugh. But going back to the comment you made about your mum, and, and my mum was exactly the same said about trusting animals. And I think sometimes it's because that we've experienced unconditional love and sometimes for the very first time. So we may never have experienced that unconditional love with a human, but we experience it with a um, pet. And that's why it can feel doubly 
um, sad because there's, that is the relationship that we've had that was unconditional. And we experience it, I, I believe, at such a deep level. And it's a deep connection. And maybe sometimes this is where we have the most soul growth when we're in that unconditional relationship with an animal that just touches our soul because there are no words at times that can describe that it's you know it's like nature isn't it when you're standing outside in nature and you're absorbing that it's touching you on a deeper level which is what animals do as well and maybe that might be because of their vulnerability and we may then go into that protective mode um, to care for our animals as they would go into protective mode to care for us. The power of what you were saying there, Debbie, as you were saying, it resonated with me. I'm a great um, Wayne Dyer advocate and one of his, um, when we talk about oneness and duality, one of his, uh, I don't know if you've heard it before, but those that know do not speak. And that came through loud and clear what you were saying there around, you know, your experience of, okay, so, you know, an animal might not be able to sort of verbalize in a way that we would expect as a human or or hope to understand. Yeah. But those that know do not speak. And, you know, I always, you know, this is going back to this beyond rationalization those two words that you mentioned at the top of the conversation, Debbie, around let's get the stuff out of the head. We don't need to rationalise. We don't need to speak it. Feel the power of that love. Feel the power of the wind, the sea, nature at its most potent. It doesn't ask for permission. It doesn't ask for explanations. It just is. And I think with animals, you know, um, it is is a perfect way to describe these beautiful, beautiful souls in whatever form they take. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think when you're open to that, you're open to animals in their, in the form that they are. So you see the beauty in every animal. It's not just in the animal that you have, because animals open our hearts so wide. And I think that's it with the grief. Because with grief, we've been so honoured with that unconditional bond that it's so deep that the grief is so deep. So the grief is as deep as our love. So why would we not feel that loss? Why would we not feel that, that grief? This is the, the animal that we've had conversations with, that we've been lighthearted with, that we can laugh. They've been our confidant they've been our counsellor they've been our secret keepers and also as well what I've, I've also found as well um, when I was doing the book was around the people that I'd spoken to their husbands or their partners had been able to express their grief over the loss of an animal sometimes more than the loss of a human yeah I can, I can understand. Yeah, I, I I totally understand that. I totally understand that. And that's the impact. That's the impact that animals can have, and that's the impact when we open our hearts. And many people say, "Oh, I I don't know if I could get another dog, or I could get another cat." And in some ways, that is yes, honouring that relationship that you had with that pet. But on the other hand, it constricts the heart. 
because there are so many animals out there that need that love. And when we move it from that, how we are ourselves to what we can give. And when we give, we receive more because our hearts open. So yes, it will be a different relationship. And I also um, believe as well that we can have many animals in our lifetimes, but from experience, we have one soul companion, one that we get or they get us more than any other animal that we've had. It's that energetic connection, Debbie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's non-explainable, is it? Absolutely, can. You know, as I've said it before, try explaining the wind, try explaining love, try explaining yeah. nature and it's in all her beauty and power and, and confusion or what we perceive in our human ego-driven world as confusion because it doesn't fit in with what we like or understand um but that's another conversation entirely um (laughs) if i was to by way of drawing to a close uh, debbie if i was to say to you and i know that we could talk for hours about this i mean there's so much stuff to share about this but if I could try and sort of pen you in to one one message that you would leave our listeners and the world around, you know, this, this amazing subject and conversation that we've spoken around, Debbie, what would that one, if there is one, because it's a big question I'm asking you, what would that one message to the world be? Well, I would quote Rumi. And Rumi says that in goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes. Because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such thing as separation. That is right. Okay. There's, there's nowhere to go after that, Debbie. Nowhere to go. That was an immensely powerful way to draw to a conclusion this, uh, this very, very powerful podcast conversation. So how can people get in touch with you, Debbie, if they want to find out more about... Um, I mean, what's coming through to me at the risk of sticking a label on and coming across as a judgment, this massive compassion at heart. How can people reach out to you, Debbie? Yeah, I've got um, my website's under construction, uh, reconstruction, should I say. So, But currently it's there at the moment, which is McLeod. So that's D-B-B-I-E-M-C-L-E-O-D.com. Um, or my email, Debbie at DebbieMcLeod.com. And my book is on the website, Best Friends Forever. Um, and also um, there's a link on my website to the book. Superb, Debbie. I just want to thank you yet again for you know coming on and sharing this, uh, what I call beautific energy uh, with your insights and your experiences. And, and I'm sure and I know that the listeners will get a lot out of this. So thank you immensely, Debbie. No, thank you so much, Paul. It was a wonderful opportunity. So there we have it, listeners. And um, regular listeners all know that I always sign off with these simple words that no matter what you do in life, always walk your path with heart. Hearts, helping everyone achieve results towards success.